Praise God. Okay, we're ready. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, uh, let's, this is Philippians, Philippians chapter 4 here. And we're just going to look at, I mean, God wants us happy. He really does. And, and that's why I like to say it's just like a parent. A parent would know if I walked in the house with a little kid and I'm crying or whatever. My mom doesn't just ignore me. She knows something's wrong. My dad would too. Anybody. You just know that. So same thing's true. Anyway, this is the fourth chapter. And I just want to give a little background. There's Philippians chapter, Philippians, the entire book, you can read it in about 20 minutes. It'll fly. It's just, you know. 20 verses in chapter 1 practically, and another 20 in the second chapter. And these are sentences. You just get through it real quick. But look at the fourth chapter. Dear Christian brothers, I love you and long to see you, for you are my joy and my reward for my work. My beloved friends, stay true to the Lord. Okay. And now I want to plead with those two dear women. Now, you know, we may have women that they call Edie, whatever, or, you know, Cynthia, but certainly Yotus and whatever, and Cynthia, I don't know, but we'll just say Cynthia and, and, and Edna. Anyway, please, please, with the Lord's help, quarrel no more. Well, boy, we got that stuff going on today. Some people won't talk to so-and-so, and sometimes you can't. You just realize it. That with all that's within you, the book of Romans says, live peaceably with all men. It's if possible. Sometimes you can't, and you just deal with that. Some people feel like, well, I'm not a Christian if I don't fall over and go talk to this person. You don't have to do that. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Anyway, uh, he said, please, with the Lord's help, quarrel no more. Be friends again. And I ask you, my true teammate, to help these women, uh, uh, to help these women, for they work side by side with me in telling the good news of the other, of, to others. And they work with Clement, too, and the rest of my fellow workers. So these two women were like, you know, they're, they're involved in church. But, you know, you can have a falling out. You know, the guy that wrote this, Philippians here, was, his name is Paul. And if you don't remember, he had a falling out with Barnabas, and, and Paul went one way, and Barnabas went the other way. Boy, and it was all over a person. You know, these things can happen, but you just you don't you, you do your best to try to work these things out. And that's all he's saying. Now he goes right into verse four. Now he's fixing to say goodbye. Okay, always be full of joy in the Lord. Well. Much of the time, we don't really know what that means, so we obviously think that that must mean. Joy is not happiness. Joy is kind of like a heartfelt thing knowing I'm going to heaven. That's it. No, it's not. Joy is, I got out of trouble. The bad stuff has stopped or here's bad stuff here, but God says, don't worry about it. I'm going to be okay. That's where joy comes from. So let's watch this. I say it again. Rejoice. Now remember the King James says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. I think it's important that he tells us again. Let everyone see that you are unselfish and considerate in all that you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. For some reason, we, it, it, it's, now we know better, but for some reason we think that, you know, God's mad and he's coming soon and, you know, you better do this. No. Now, here we go. Oh, <clears throat> King James says, be careful for nothing. So look what he says. Don't worry about anything. Instead, why don't, why don't, why don't you just leave it that way? Just don't worry about anything. Just, okay. No, he, here's what you do. And this is not a psych. See, this is where psychology has crept in to our Bible studies, and it's ridiculous. If God wanted psychology, He would have got rid of the scriptures. We just need all these wonderful psychologists. But guess what? Many of those psychologists that we're teaching from today—well, I'm not—but that they tried to infiltrate the church, they do not love the Lord Jesus Christ. They don't. They don't. They don't believe in Him. They think all. They think somebody on drugs wrote this. God was right the whole time. <clears throat> All we got to do is just do this. 
And thank God we are. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. That's the reason you can start seeing Jesus in your life if you'll pray about everything. Not that we don't have a brain and I know how to drive on the way home. I know how to do that. <clears throat> and I know how to get things that I need if, if I can see that I can do it. But the bottom line is, when you're faced with situations or whatever, no matter what it is, he said pray about everything. And you'll, you'll start seeing, praise God, God fixed that. He fixed this. He fixed this. Well, you've been praying about it. So here's what he says. Pray about everything. Tell God your needs. And don't forget to thank him for his answers. If you do this, you'll experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than any human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ. This, in the King James, the peace of God which passes all understanding shall guard your heart and mind. That's great words, but sometimes we've just gotten numb to them. What did that just tell us? If I pray and if I thank Him, I'm going to experience peace. And I'll tell you what, this peace is, you're feeling like, Oh, I just wish Christmas was over with. Remember that? Or I wish this problem was over with. I wish this, you know, this gets you through all that stuff. And you're like, man, that was the easiest thing I ever did. I got right through that. And who do you think? The Lord. He got you through it. His peace will keep your thoughts and hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. Oh, just for uh, <clears throat> fun again, let's go over here and see this come up again. We see this again in a letter to the... Uh, uh, and to Thessalonians, it's the book of Thessalonians. The very last thing he says, he's wrapping it all up. Look what he says here. Uh, let's see. Let's get down here to the bottom. Don't get too dizzy. Let me spin through this. Okay. Oh. Uh, yeah, there it is. Look at 16. Now, no, no, just for fun, let me go to the end. See, this is goodbye right here. Sincerely, Paul. So look what he says. Always be joyful. Always keep on praying. Okay. Always keep on praying. Always be joyful. No matter what happens. Always be thankful for this is God's will for you who belong in Christ Jesus. Now he's not saying you get your head blown off. That's the Lord's will. The Lord's will is be joyful. Be joyful. Praise the Lord. Now, I know it's tough. It's like, my goodness. You know, how can you, how can you do that in the midst of difficulties? Well, watch this. This is... Back to our wonderful book of Psalms here. And the, and the Psalms here, Just this is Psalms. Oh, really should be prayers because there's no rhyme to any of these things. They're just something being said here that's important. So let's look what happens here. This is Psalm 73. It's not very long. Watch, watch how he brings up, I'm going to be happy. It's good God, no, how good God is to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. But as for me... I came to the edge of the cliff. My feet were slipping and I was almost gone. Now, where is he going with this? What was he talking about? For I was envious of the prosperity of the proud and wicked. Yes, all through life, their road is smooth. They grow sleek and fat. They aren't always in trouble, plagued with problems like everyone else. So their pride sparkles like a jewel necklace and their clothing is woven of cruelty. These fat cats, I mean, you can just hear yourself going on again. I'm the only one with troubles and everybody else is getting away with it. Well, watch what he says. You know. They scoff at God and they threaten his people. How proudly they speak. They boast against the very heavens and their words strut through the earth. And so God's people are dismayed and confused and drink it all in. Does God realize what's going on, they say? 
Look at these men of arrogance. They never have to lift a finger. Theirs is a life of ease. And all the time, their riches multiply. Well, as you already know, God already promised us all these things. David was just having a moment going, you know, gee. Because you have all these things. Watch what he says. I have been, have I been wasting my time? Why take the trouble to be pure? All I get out of it is trouble and woe. (laughs) I mean, he's really digging a hole here, you know. What good is it to serve the Lord? He said every day and all day long. Notice what he says, verse 15. If I had really said that, I would have been a traitor to your people. Yet it's so hard to explain this prosperity of those who hate the Lord. Then one day, now remember this was a psalm or a prayer that he expected people in the country, in his nation, to read and hear. They were listening to it somehow. I went into God's sanctuary to meditate and thought about the future of these evil men. What a slippery path they're on. Suddenly, God will send them sliding over the edge of the cliff and down to their destruction. Now, what's so funny is, if you don't read your Bible, you'll think that's what God wants to do to you. That's ridiculous. You have a whole psalm about this belongs to the wicked people, not you and I who trust the Lord. Now, yeah, if you, make a, if you sin or whatever, you could say, well, I'm wicked too. No, you're still not related to this group here. We, well, we've all sinned. We've blown it. Verse 19. In an instant end to their happiness and, uh, and eternal terror, their present life is only a dream. They will awake to the truth as one wakens from a dream of things that never uh, really were. Look at 21. When I saw this, what turmoil filled my heart? I saw myself so stupid and so ignorant. I must seem like an animal to you, O God. See, he's coming back. But even so, you love me. You are holding my right hand. You will keep on guiding me all my life with your wisdom and counsel. And afterward, receive me to the glories of heaven. See, we got this stuff now. But that's not all. And here's that song we sing, Who have I in heaven besides thee? There's nothing on earth I desire. Okay. Who have I in heaven but you? And I desire nothing on earth as much as I as you. My health fails, my spirits droop, yet God remains. Now, he's not saying, well, I guess I'm going. No, he's saying, I've got the Lord to help me. He is the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. And look at these closing words here in this psalm. But those who refuse to worship God will perish, for he destroys those serving other gods. But as for me, I get as close to him as I can. I have chosen him, and I will tell everyone about the wonderful ways he rescues me. I mean, God's always going to rescue you. You just have to make up your mind. Praise God. I don't care what's going on in the world today. He is there and he is the strength of my life and he's going to rescue me. I am going to be all right. Um, Let me go over to the book of Deuteronomy here and we'll pull something out. Oh, this is a final, the book of Deuteronomy is kind of interesting. Uh, Oh, it actually starts out uh, with a, uh, it's wrapping it up. You've got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and then Deuteronomy. Actually, Exodus and Leviticus and Deuteronomy, they're all grouped together because they're, uh, uh, they're when they left Egypt. But anyway, this is a grand finale. It's actually a complete wrap-up of everything that took place. And notice it says, the, the book records Moses' address to the people of Israel when they were camped in the valley of Arabah in the wilderness of Moab. Okay, downtown Nashville, whatever, east of you know Memphis, whatever. Cities around the area were Suf and Saran, Tof, all these cities. Okay. 
the speech was given on February 15th. That's when I like the Living Bible. It's kind of like, oh, we have speeches today and we have dates and times, you know. But if you look at this in the King James, it'll be the second whatever of such and such. And you're like, what does that mean? You know? Okay. Forty years after the people of Israel left Mount Horeb, though it only takes 11 days to travel by foot to Mount Horeb, to Kadesh Barnea going by the way of Mount Seir. Of course, it took them 40 years. Well, that's God's fault. No, it wasn't. Remember? God said, take the land. And they said, oh, God, you sent us out here to get killed. Oh, brother. Mm. God always is there to help you. He'll get you out of trouble. But anyway, uh, uh, I want us to go. I just want to show you that. And then I want us to go. Oops, I'm still here. But let's go to the fourth chapter. He's still giving. The, this speech goes on and on. So, here's what he says, and I want us to look at some things right here. Now, O Israel, listen carefully to these laws I teach you, and obey them. If you Now, watch. Look at the benefits. If you want to live and enter in and possess the land given to you by the Lord of your ancestors. In other words, this would make you happy. Because remember, there, there, there are people with no nation. And they're like, oh my goodness, how am I going to take this nation? Well, watch. Uh, do not add to other laws or subtract from these. Just obey them, for they are from the Lord your God. You have seen what the Lord did... Oh, to you at Baal Peor, where he destroyed many people for worshiping idols. Now, here's the trick here. You'll hear about obeying the Lord. And sometimes the confusion comes in and go, well, I blew it. I guess I'm not going to have any prosperity this week. And, and God's not going to help me be safe when I drive my car from here to there. It's worshiping other gods. That's where the problem is. Because they're going to blow it. They're going to make mistakes. But if you'll notice... He says, that's what's going to wipe you out. But thank God, we're not doing that. Well, of course, we got silly preachers today that say, well, you've made an idol out of your money. <laughs> no, we hadn't. Not if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and he's your Lord. You didn't make an idol out. And you say, well, I made an idol out of my marriage. I made an idol. That's, it's baloney. All those things are given are trying to make you blind to the truth that God wants you to be happy today. If you'll pray about your problems, he will fix your problems. But I'm telling you, it is so serious when you say, I don't think the Lord can help me into that promised land. Remember what the Israelites did? They said, make us a God. They already had a golden calf made, but now they wanted to turn and have another God made. Lead us back to Egypt. And it cost them their lives. It cost all the, the people that were you know, older than 20, 20 years and up, cost them their lives. Anyway. He said, listen carefully. Watch what he says. He said, don't subtract from them. Okay, you've seen what happened. Okay, those who worship in idols. But all of you who were faithful to the Lord are, uh, are still alive today. Now, that's a praise report. It's like, yeah, we are. Praise God. Now, remember, this wasn't a handful. This was, this was thousands and thousands and thousands of people. They say in numbers of nearly six million. These are the laws for you to obey when you arrive in the land where you will live. They are from the Lord our God. He has given them to me to pass on to you. If you obey them, they will give you a reputation for wisdom and intelligence. When the surrounding nations hear these laws, they will exclaim, What nation is as wise and prudent as Israel? For what other nation, great or small, has God among them as our God is here among us whenever we call upon Him? Now, whoa, 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 what was that? Well, I thought God just showed up and said, I'll see you in heaven. Y'all do the best you can. No, He's here. He's here to help the little and the great. All of us. And what nation, no matter how great, uh, uh, has his laws as fair as I am giving you today? Notice what he says. But watch out. Watch out. 
be careful never to forget what God has what you have seen God doing for you. May his miracles have a deep permanent effect on your life. Tell your children and your grandchildren about the glorious miracles he did. Now this is not ending. This keeps on going. Oh, uh, we're not going to go there, but Deuteronomy chapter 1, I can tell you it's Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 30 because that's that's one of my passwords to one of my <laughs> one of the things I get into, you know, and it's and it actually God said, I mean, Moses was telling the people, he says, if you'll just remember what God did to Pharaoh, he's going to do it again all the way through the promised land for you. And we got that same blessing today. It's almost like we think God's left us and now we're on our own. Oh, mercy. We're not on our own. We got so much help. Uh, tell them especially about the day you stood before the Lord at Mount Horeb and he told me, summon the people before me and we'll instruct them. And I want to tell you about this before it happens so you'll see it. All the people were brought to Mount Sinai, or it's a horrible same place. And the place was on fire. And God was speaking. And anyway, Moses is saying, this is an awesome thing. Don't ever forget that this took place. Everybody saw it. You can tell your grandkids that you stood there, saw a burning mountain, and heard the voice of God holler. I mean, was speaking. Whatever. Okay. Oh, so they'll always learn and reverence me. So that they can teach my laws to their children. And oh, uh, uh, and they stood at the, the mountain, the foot of the mountain, and the mountain burned with fire. Flames shot into the sky, surrounded by uh, black clouds and deep darkness. And the Lord spoke to you from the fire, and you heard His words, but didn't see Him. He proclaimed the laws you must obey, the Ten Commandments, wrote them on two stone tablets. Yes, it was at that time that the Lord commanded me to issue the laws that you must obey. <clears throat> When you arrive in the promised land. But beware. Now, uh uh-oh, what's he going to say? Don't break a single... No. You didn't see the form of God that day as he spoke to you from Mount Horeb. So don't defile yourselves by making a statue of God, an idol of any form, man, woman, animal, bird, a small animal that runs along the ground, a fish, whatever, and do not look into the sky and worship the sun, moon, and stars. See, that's what... Well, actually, he tells you... The Lord permitted the other nations to get away with this, but not you. The Lord rescued you from prison from Egypt. Remember, they were slaves. Okay, to be a special people today, his own inheritance. This is what you are today. He was angry with me because of you and vowed that I would not go in, go over the Jordan River. He's talking about Moses. He's I can't even go in, you know. You know, that he's given as your inheritance. He said, I must die on this side of the river, but beware lest you break the contract. Now, here we go, watch this. Beware lest you break the contract the Lord has made with you. You will break it if you make any idols, for the Lord your God has utterly forbidden this. He is a devouring fire and a jealous God. Now, he didn't say, don't tell no lie. If you tell a lie, you've broken it. No, he didn't say that. The problem is, is when you look into some other source. I got, you know, God's not good enough. That's when you get yourself in trouble. And that's where we, we lose out. We don't think he's big enough to help us. Uh, I could go further there, but I'm not. So let's go. I want us to go over next to uh, uh, the book of Numbers. This was just a little bit earlier than this. This is Numbers 29. And uh, only thing I want you to see here is, remember, he says, don't break your contract with the Lord. And how you break it? I'm going to worship something else. I'm not doing that. I'm going to look to the Lord for help. But I'm going to show you here that... Or what if I just, I don't know if God's happy with me. I don't know if, if he'll help me. 
those questions should be thrown out of the way. He will help you. So watch this. The festival of trumpets shall be celebrated on the 15th day of September each year. Now, we don't have to celebrate all these feasts, but there's a point here. Okay? Because Jesus took care of all this. There shall be a solemn assembly of the people on that day. No hard work will be done. Well, that's good. On that day, you'll offer a burnt sacrifice consisting of one bull, one ram, seven yearlings, lambs, all without defect. These are sacrifices the Lord will appreciate and enjoy. Notice this. A grain offering of nine quarts of fine flour mingled with oil, with the blood, and the, uh uh-oh, what we got coming up? Then he says, uh, six quarts with the ram, three quarts of each. Okay, in addition... There's a male goat excuse me, sacrificed for a sin offering to make atonement for you. Now, this is going to go on and on for the whole rest of chapter 29. There's these various offerings. Now, there's an end to it. There's only like seven or eight of them. But every one of them will say a sacrifice for sin to make atonement for you. Well, what's the sin offering for? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. You know, forgive us. He's already taken care of this for us. And he's made atonement for us as well. So when you pull yourself aside and say, well, I guess I just don't have any help here. Oh, you know, the Lord's... The Lord's not going to help me because I've made some mistakes. Remember the mistake he said was going after other gods. Uh, anyway, I want you to notice this. You creep on down here and it says, okay, here's the grain offering and the, the what offering? I know we Baptists have got, we got some learning to do here. But you drinking is not a problem. I mean, God must have an alcohol problem here because now we got a what? We got a drink offering? This was not 7-Up. This was hard stuff. I mean, it, you read this in the Living Bible, it just pulls right out. <clears throat> and what's funny is, that says, there, and with your grain offerings and your drink offerings, and here we go, 10 days later, you got another one. Here's your lambs, your nine quarts of flour, and okay, and all of a sudden, then you got, here's your for sin offering again. What, does he think we're not perfect? Well, he knows we're not perfect. And he says, this is an addition to the Day of Atonement. See, in other words, this is not the Passover. Here it goes again, grain offerings and drink offerings. Praise the Lord. They call this, it's a festival. These people were supposed to be coming before the Lord. The whole nation was, and it was supposed to be a wonderful time. It really was. What have we done today? Well, I just don't feel like the Lord's going to... Oh, He will help you. He will help you. Oh... Let me go back here to an outsider. This guy is an outsider looking in, and look what he says. In short, this guy's his his name is Balaam. This king that's being referred to here, his name was Balak. We'll just call it Stephen Bill or whatever. But anyway, uh, this king was worried that the Israelites were going to wipe his nation out. Now let's just think of us as Israelites. Now am I supposed to be droopy faced and? And go, well, you know. Uh, man, we have already wiped out Egypt. Egypt was destroyed when we got out of there. Now we're coming through the wilderness, and everything in our path, we are wiping totally out. Uh, I think it was, it, well, it, it was two kings just before they crossed the Jordan River. And anyway, this king here, he is totally scared that the Israelites are going to get him. Now remember, we're supposed to be Israelites. Now we're supposed to be the saddest people in the world? No. 
I want you to see what Balaam says. So anyway, Balaam's standing up here, and uh, this king, this king Balak, he wanted uh, Balaam to curse him. This is the story where the donkey spoke. But anyway, I just want to get down to this part right here. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Oh, I made a note here. Okay, I passed it. No wonder. We'll just read this. Look what he says. So he says, King, hey, King of Moab, these are the Moabites, has brought me from the land of Aram. We'll say Arab, you know, down south Alabama. Come, he told me, and hey, curse Jacob for me. Okay, Jacob's the Israelites, whatever. Let your anger rise on Israel. Now look what he says. How can I curse what God has not cursed? It's the first thing we need to think of when we're starting to feel like our day has gone sour. Amen. God's not cursed me. Well, wait, I, 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 I did something wrong the other day. Oh, well, did you make an idol? Did you turn your back on Jesus and just decide you won't Jesus anymore and you're going to worship something else? No, you didn't do that. How can I denounce a people that God has not denounced? I see them from the clifftops. I watch them from the hills. They live alone and prefer to remain distinct from every other nation. They are as numerous as dust. They are beyond numbering. Now that's, that's a miracle too already we're seeing. Oh, and there's the phrase I wanted us to see. Look at that. If I could only die as happy as an Israelite, oh, that my end might be like theirs. Well, this is an outsider looking in. Uh, Moses will call these people, sometimes we call them proselytes, but I don't think it's a good term. They're foreigners. And Moses would say, when the foreigners that are living among you, they got to do such and such. In other words, if they want to be a part. And the reason they want to be a part is like people trying to be a part of our nation too, at least the, the ones that got a real reason. They want to be an American because America means something. Well, it must have meant something for an outsider to say, oh, I wish I could die as happy as an Israelite. Praise the Lord. There must be something to it. Well, of course there is. Praise the Lord. Let's go back to uh, the book of Psalms here. So now you can see, okay, there were sin offerings being done all the time. And of course, we realize that Jesus has died for our sins and to try to pull up some special ones in your own life and think that, oh my goodness, I guess I've broken the camel's back. No, you haven't. Don't turn, just don't turn from the Lord. Where's the book of Psalms? Oh, down. on down. There we go. Here we go. Yeah. I'm glad y'all know. Okay. The book of Psalms. Let's go. Look at this right here. This is very familiar territory right here. This verse 55 and verse 22. It basically says, cast thy burden upon the Lord. But anyway, uh, I, I, would, I want you to get this. He says, this friend of mine betrayed me. I was at peace with me, with, with him. He broke his promises. He's talking about some personal junk going on today. David's like, this guy ate dinner with me. King James, my own familiar friend, sat down to eat with me. Now he's leading up to verse 22 in the King James says, Cast thy burdens upon the Lord. We've heard it isolated. Probably seen it on a Hallmark card or whatever. Or somebody said, hey, just cast your burden upon the Lord. And I'm like, okay, yeah, right. How do you do that? Well, if you read this, you can figure it out. Because David was going, God... I can't believe it. Now, y'all do realize that David's son, was Absalom or one of them, he, tried to, he was trying to kill his dad. That's bad news. What if mom woke up and found out I was sneaking around trying to take her life, you know? Well, she'd have it made because 
She just trusts the Lord, and I don't care what I'm up to. I'm not going to win. She's going to win, not me. So he says right here, uh, notice the last part is, His words were sweet, but underneath they're daggers. <gasps> what happened here? Give your burdens to the Lord. He will carry them. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not going to sleep good at night as long as that guy's alive. Oh, yes, you will. You're going to sleep like a baby. The peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind. Look at this. He will not permit the godly to slip or fall. He will send my enemies to the pit of destruction. Murderers and liars will not live out half their days. Now, why did he say that? Because we know only the good die young. <laughs> no. Serve the Lord, you're going to live a long life. You've got promise after promise concerning that. So he, wouldn't, he couldn't say that. We could say that's politically incorrect, wouldn't we? Well, you can't say that because that happened. No, it doesn't. Praise the Lord. We're going to live long. But I am trusting you to save me. Save me from what? Well, half their days, I'm going to have all my days. Matter of fact, the Lord promised you that. The number of your days I will fulfill. Psalm 91. Length of, you know, uh, he says... Psalm 91, what does it say? Long life will I satisfy him. Praise the Lord. This kind of stuff make you happy, won't it? Like, praise God. I don't care what I'm faced with. I'm going to be all right. Well, two more places. We'll close. Uh, <clears throat> let's go see what Jesus said here. I mean, you ever see Jesus just crying like, oh, no. The only time you see him crying, you say, well, he cried at Lazarus' tomb. Yeah, but I wish we'd go look at it. He was mad at Lazarus' tomb. I mean, he already told Mary, I'm the resurrection and the life. See, they were like, well, if you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. And he said, I am the resurrection and the life. And he, remember, he said, he, he prayed. He says, Father, I'm not praying for my sake. I'm praying for everybody here so that they will believe. The unbelief was so thick. And Jesus fires off and says, roll a stone away. You know, what's he going to do? He's been dead four days. He stinks. Did not I say? I'm telling you, Jesus, you know, when it comes, this is why you do not want to have an idol in your life. Of course, we don't think of idols, but I'm just saying just our God's just not good enough. Don't do that. He is. Anyway, uh, so let's see what happens here. Oh, we're looking at the book of John. John chapter 14. And don't think this is just, you know, this is only useful when... Uh, this is only useful, you know, uh, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Good point. You know, no. Matter of fact, let's back up just a second. Look where it came from. The very last verse. Remember, there was no chapter. You couldn't break these things up. Peter said, Master, where are you going? And Jesus says, um, excuse me, mouse went out. Jesus said, no, you can't go with me now, but you will follow. Why can't I come? I'm ready to die for you. I'm ready to die for you. <laughs> he says, die for me? No. Three times before the cock crows, you're going to deny you even knew me. Next word, let not your heart be troubled. Matthew's account, Luke's account, they all said, oh, I'll die for you. They all were saying, I'll die with you. And a few minutes later, they were hightailing it. You know, let not your heart be troubled. Now, he's not talking about, well, I know we got an Israeli crisis now. We had an airliner shot down and we had this other stuff. And God knows what's going on in your life. But he's talking about, let's get heavenly minded. No, he's talking about now. Now. Don't let your heart be troubled. You're trusting in God, not trusting me. And, of course, he says, there's homes in heaven. But listen. We go to the 16th chapter just a moment. Ah, 
land right here. Here we go. Actually, one, one part right here in Fort Dan. Want to get? Hold on, just a second. Look at this. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and peace of heart. And, pe- my, and the peace I give isn't fragile like the peace the world gives, so don't be troubled or afraid. Now, I beg your pardon. I got problems. <laughs> I'm going to be afraid. Well, he says this here fix it. He said this will fix it. Oh, 16th chapter. We'll stop with these right here. Watch this. Let me close this out of the way. Oh. Are you asking yourselves what I mean? The world will greatly rejoice over whatever's going to happen to me. What's going to, he's going to die. Okay, he's going to be crucified. You're going to weep. But your weeping shall suddenly be turned to wonderful joy when you see me again. It'll be the same joy as a woman in heaven labor, a woman, excuse me, that a woman in labor when her child is born. Her anguish gives place to rapturous joy and the pain is forgotten. You have sorrow now, but you're going to see me again and you're going to rejoice. And no one can rob you of that joy. Now, he doesn't stop. It's, just, it's not just joy to the world, he's resurrected, and I know what a cross means. This is, look how close this is to verse 23. This is a prayer scripture. At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. For you will go directly to the Father and ask him, and he will give you what you ask for because you use my name. Praise the Lord. Verse 24, he's knocking on our door like this right here and saying, Hey, I don't see any requests coming in and I know you got troubles. You want me to help you or not? He says, You haven't tried this before. But begin now. Ask using my name and you will receive and your cup of joy will overflow. And the Jesus that we know is there and in our lives and whatever, we'll be able to say, You know what? He helped me yesterday. I don't care what you say. He helped me yesterday. And he's helping me now. If you'll give me a minute, I'll tell you the rest of it. You, know, you have no problem. Like Bob, running out, almost running out of gas. He didn't. Praise the Lord. You know, some of you guys are on medications and whatever. And I've taken medication too. You read that back panel and you're like, <laughs> oh no. Every commercial on TV, they talk about all. They got a little of the music running and they'll say, oh, take this and whatever. Ask your doctor about this. And then right at the tail end, they'll go, don't do this. If you got this, don't, don't. It's like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? You're going to do this. Praise the Lord. The Lord will take care of you. Yeah, but what if I goof up and I was supposed to take three red ones and I took one green one instead? <gasps> this, you're okay. You've got peace of mind. Don't throw it away. It's all yours. Father, we thank you. By your stripes, we're healed. You'll take care of us. We're not feeling good. And also financially, if we're having trouble financially, you'll help us out. And if we're faced with any kind of trouble, though it look like a Goliath, like David was facing, it doesn't matter. We're going to act like David. We're going to be happy. We're going to chase after that giant because we know you're going to help us. That's just the way it is. You said you would. Oh, that we could die a happy Israelite, Balaam said. We're going to die happy. Praise the Lord. Lord, that doesn't leave anything left but for us to go tell others what the Lord's doing in our life, and it sure is a lot. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, praise the Lord.